I can't tell you how amped I am to even just be here with this opportunity. Because when I, when you told your story about your pool, when you told a story about signing that contract for your event, that's what it's required. There are no guarantees. You believe in yourself. You know you're different. That's why you're leading the way. And these are the people that I'm surrounding myself with. These are the only people that I surround myself with. Because all these other trolls in life, all these other bloodsucker vampires, dude, they just want to drain you. They want to keep you small. They want to keep you suppressed. They want you to limit yourself and only do one improvement on your house a year because that's what they fucking did. Well, guess what? This is your life. How do you want to live it? What are you feeling called inside to do that you're avoiding to do? What are you feeling called to do? Go do that. Answer the call because the more you deny the call inside, the more you're going to suffer. And the thing is about life, the beautiful thing about life, you're going to suffer no matter what. Might as well suffer with intention than suffer purposeless. Suffer with intention for a greater calling than yourself. And see how your life transforms and those around you transform. Hey guys, don't forget to check out the Street Cop Training Conference April 23rd through the 28th, 2023 at the Gaylord Opryland Resort and Convention Center. It's going to be a great experience. Five career-changing days. Some of the most profound speakers in the industry. Guest speakers include Rob O'Neill, the guy who killed Bin Laden, Kyle Carpenter, the youngest living Congressional Medal of Honor winner, Fox News host Tommy Lahren, Navy SEAL American war hero Jason Redman, Sheriff David Clark, Sheriff Mark Lamb, and Sheriff Wayne Ivey. You'll also spend time with all of our Street Cop instructors at this event Monday through Friday. We'll have a great lineup of courses in addition to our great speakers. It will be a week that you will not forget. You'll be thankful you came. You don't want to miss out. Check out streetcop.com on how to register. If you're going to use the room code, make sure you book it from Sunday through Friday. That's what the code's good for, and it's about half the price of the regular rate. But those rooms are running out, so make sure you sign up now. We'll see you there. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. Your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. Today is going to be a banger, no question about it. He's back for the second time. Friend of the show, friend of mine, real gift to the world. None other than Cody Alford. You guys loved his last podcast appearance. We had to have him back. And this will be the last time you see him associated and on the Street Cop Podcast for sure. Great things to come in the future. This one's going to be good. I guarantee it. I'm curious, like, what books are you into? Like what kind of, how are you educating on, on, and developing your brain like that? Uh, man, that's a really good question. I, I was, I, so I, I read a bunch of like, well, not a bunch. I started to read like, uh, basically like brain hacking books, uh, like Joe Dispenza. Um, I started to read a lot of perspective books. Cause I realized that to change your life, you don't need anything outside of a perspective shift. You just seem to be like, oh shit, that makes sense. You're always looking for that aha moment. Uh, so I've, I've been reading like kind of like these like self-help books. I find it fascinating because the mind is fucking nuts, you know, because me personally, I, I was prisoner of my mind for so many years and, um, you know, trying to learn different ways just to view my own life and my own things that I've gone through so I can apply that not only to my life, apply that to what I'm passionate about. And that's helping people get out of their own way and, you know, find their power back. Um, that's kind of the books I'm into. I just heard that book and I think it's called Endure by David Goggins. Uh, I have not read it myself, but friends that I respect, they said it was amazing. So I'm going to pick it up and uh, listen to that. But yeah, I read books on, I basically read books on business, like money, 
uh, copywriting and I read books on like brain hacking, programming your mind. Um, and then I read books on like energy um, because we are absolutely energy. So those are the things I'm like really interested in. I don't read anything. I don't read any stories. Uh, I live a story, so I don't really read them. Yeah, that's really it. Other than The Alchemist. Yeah, the Alchemist is the only story book that I read and I continuously read it because it prov has provided the most value out of anything I've ever read. Um, have you ever read that book yourself, The Alchemist? Dude, honestly, you know, it's fucking crazy. I have read a lot of books. Sometimes I've read books twice. And I ask that because I'm selfishly looking for something to read that you think is worth it. Oddly enough, here you go. Never finished. I'm halfway through it. Uh, this is the, the David Goggins book. I'm halfway through the audio version. My suggestion, you can go right into, into the second one, but the first one is really good. If you got the time, do the first one, which is uh, Can't Hurt Me. That was his new, that was his bestseller. Uh, and the other one is, uh, Endure's actually on here. It's funny that you fucking brought that up. It's right next to his book. But the other one is Never Finished by Goggins, and it's really good, dude. He actually brings his mother on in this one. They had a crazy fucking story. That Goggins book is good. That Goggins book is good. And people have been recommending The Alchemist to me forever. And I don't know why the fuck I haven't. Maybe I started it. Maybe I stopped it. I'm really habitual at doing shit like that. But I'm going to fuck with The Alchemist. I highly encourage you, though, to read it. Buy the book. Don't listen to the audio book. Only because what I, there's some books I think that you can listen to. But a book like The Alchemist, it connects to your soul and your own personal journey. And you have to see these things with your eyes. And every time I've read that book, I've read it probably like five times now. I keep it in my arsenal. And every time I read it, I, I learn something new. I pick up on something new. And it's, it's absolutely powerful. It was actually the first book that I read in literally like 20 years. I was doing my medical board for the military. I, was, I knew I was going to be getting out. I didn't know when or how long. And I was doing my online college to finish my bachelor's degree because I'm like, fuck, once I get out, I'm definitely not going to do this thing, you know, and there was this like stigma, at least I thought that you had to have a bachelor's degree, especially if you're a special operations guy, you got to get a bachelor's degree so you go make your six figures when you get out. I was under that like brainwash. And one of the classes that I had, I had to read a book and my nurse case manager, she recommended to me The Alchemist. Well, I got it approved to do my book report on it. And that book transformed my life. Uh, it, it was so powerful. And for so many years before that, I told myself, I, I don't read books. I never wanted to be influenced by other people's words. Like I was really just douchey, very linear uh, in my mental headspace. And then I read that book and it literally, it transformed me to everything that I am today. And I tell people it's the number one book I recommend until my book comes out um, because that the book is just so absolutely powerful and um, it, it fits if it's anyone's lifestyle, if you just let go, surrender to the words and read them for what they are, and that's it, and and find your own personal journey within it, man, it, it could do, you have no idea what it could do for you in any phase of life. You don't have to be depressed, sad, lonely, poor, and you could be fucking balling out of control, and you can learn something from this book, um, and it's powerful. And the great thing is, once we learn stuff, you know, we can then find that person in our lives that needs us in that right time. And we can recommend these things that we've done ourselves. You know, like now you're speaking from experience, not just existence of like, Hey, I have, I've heard this is a good book. You should try it. Now we speak from firsthand account of like, bro, this book will change your life. Read this shit. Um, that's a really good book. I, I highly recommend it. How addicted now are you to growth and improvement? And I, I have to ask that because 
again, I, 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 I could feel it in your Instagram posts and your videos and anybody's listening should really follow Cody Alfred on, on Instagram. But I think that you're so, if I did guess, so addicted to it now that you want others to know about what their capabilities are. Is that, is that a fair statement? How do you feel about continuous growth and improvement? Yeah, I love it. It's literally my passion. Like my true calling in life is to help people unlock their true power inside them. Uh, I have this like gnarly obsession with death as in not to be scared of it, but to embrace the fact that no matter where we're at in life, the money we make, the relationships we have, our passions, whatever we feel called to do, we're going to die one day. And, you know, we can suffer up until then, or we can invest in ourselves and truly defy the conformity that our minds, our simple minds wants to keep us slave to. And we can literally max this thing out and go all in. And I truly believe that we all have the power to impact lives. You know, a lot of people say they want to change the world, but they're not willing to change themselves to influence and impact the world. And I am 100% on board with that. I realize that to serve at my highest level, I love serving. I love, I love helping other people out, but I learned a long time ago, I make, I have to make sure I, I make, I'm weaponized. I'm helping myself first because I can't pour from an empty cup. And for me personally, it's like how much longer in my life was I going to avoid the impact that I know I can make on people and that I have on people before I, before I take it as not a badge of honor, but as like my own cross that I bear of like, this is my responsibility. I know this is what I'm here to do. I know I'm here to empower people and not necessarily give them my power, but to take them and unlock their true power within them and give them everything they need to push forward, to go conquer what they know they're here to conquer because they too are called for more. And I think that, I, I think it's the society. I think it's the food. I think it's the news. I think it's the music. I think it's the limiting beliefs, the parents, the friends, the, the poor, scarcity minded people that keep people from just pushing their foot on the throttle and truly embracing the fuck around and find out the, the, I know I'm here for more. Why am I not doing more with my life? I want to do this, but it's just not the right time. And these are all lies we tell ourselves to keep ourselves small and comfortable. And I know personally, when I do that, all I think about is, fuck, my biggest fear in life is to die with regret. You know, I'm going to make plenty of mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes in my life before, and I'm sure I'm going to make plenty of mistakes in the future. But I don't want to be that guy that's like, damn. I wish I would have started this company called We Defy the Norm that not only shared my life, but encouraged others to not only share theirs, but to go all in. Man, I really wish I would have wrote that book that I felt compelled to write all these years. I wish I would have did that because no matter what I wish I wanted to do, I'm still going to end up with the same fate as everyone else. And so what I do in that in this journey between now and then, that's all that matters. I'm not worried about what happens to me after I die. That's irrelevant to me. My power is in this now moment. And if I can help people find their power to go all in, to, to, to raise their hand, to get that help, to read that book, to mend the relationship, to, to invest in themselves, I know, I know from firsthand experience, not only is it going to transform their life, it's going to help transform the lives of those they say they care about. Like we, we all run into these situations are like, oh my God, man, I, I really needed to meet you. Thank you so much for, for, for being here type of stuff. Like we all run into those situations in life, but are we paying attention to those situations, right? Like our true calling is in front of us every day. And I decided a 
few years ago that I wasn't going to avoid it anymore, but I was going to do the work that I needed to do to truly free myself so I was not playing small anymore. So I could go all in because if I can go all in and answer that call that I hear inside consciousness, God, whatever you call it, if I can go do that, damn. I can just, I can impact one person along the way. That person could impact one person, vice versa. It's just going to continue on. And that's how we make a difference in the world. And I'm not trying to solve world hunger. I'm not trying to create peace on earth. That's never going to happen. We live in a very dark, evil place. We It's corrupted by money. It's corrupted by fame. It's corrupting by, by these like deities that people worship. But what we can do, what we can do is literally live our best lives and impact the community, the societies that we say we care about. But that all starts with us. And if we can impact our own lives, if we can change our lives and be a true testament of that, fuck, could you imagine? Could you imagine what people could do? Could you imagine the betterment of your own community? Could you Could you imagine instead of people walking down the street recording of violence taking place, they actually go interject, they go intervene, they go speak up, they go use their mouth, right? Could you imagine we live in a society where people weren't hiding behind a fucking phone? They actually use their God-given voice, their power voice, right? To actually put good out into the world, not just sit there with their thumbs and let their thumbs do all the action. Could you imagine the type of place we live in where we valued freedom more than we valued sports, more than we valued the lies that we see from the deception of the tell a vision, Right? the network programming. Could you imagine what our lives would look like if people weren't so limited and played prisoner to their own mind? Could you imagine? Could could you imagine if someone that wanted to kill themselves knew that all they needed was a slither of hope and desire to want to live and that's all they needed to transform their life? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if all of our opioid brothers and sisters out there knew that if they wanted to quit that shit, that they could? that they had the power to do that, that they they could open themselves up and find a network, find a community to help encourage them to defy those things and to invest in themselves and transform their life. Could you imagine the type of world we'd be leaving behind if we all just put some effort into our own lives to do the work on the things that we know inside we must do? Could you imagine what could happen from that? And that's that's where I live from. And that's why I'm all about personal growth, personal development. I'm all about coaches. I'm all about mentors. I'm all about bettering myself because if I limit myself, I'm not making an impact. I'm not, I'm not encouraging anyone else to go all in on life. Therefore, all I'm doing is wasting, wasting my God-given talent and my God-given call, my calling I feel inside from God, from the universe, from whatever you want to call it. And once I started listening to that conscious inside, that, that consciousness talking to me, once I started to do that and let go of my own pleasure-seeking, self-soothing ways and said, fuck, this is bigger than me, but I must do the work because I am the living proof. Fuck, man, not only does that just give me a rush, it just, it makes me feel proud to know that I'm serving at my highest level, that I'm not being selfish, that I have gone through a lot of trauma, a lot of adversity, and I've overcome a lot. And those stories of my past and my present are enough to help someone get out of whatever hell they're inside to go do that one thing, to go invent that one thing, to start that one business, to to mend a relationship and to truly transform their lives. And man, when you do that, when you put the work in for yourself, you impact everyone around you. And it's, it's so powerful because to see people that are empowered, they are absolutely limitless. 
And when you when you when you show people that they only need permission from themselves to do that, fuck. It's crazy, man. And that literally motivates me to get to work every day. Earlier you said knowing you could have made a difference. So that means that in the past you knew it. What was holding you back? What was holding you back from being the person you are now? And was there some kind of profound moment where you're like, I'm ready to speak? For me personally, I was really, I was scared about being judged. Uh, you know, I had this pretty, really, you know, amazing superhero military career. Well, when that was essentially taken from me, when I, when I, when I gave up on that life to set foot for my life that I'm living now, when I let go of that past and step into my future, it was hard and I was very lost. And I didn't have any, I was very limited mentally. I didn't really see the value in coaches or mentors. My counseling experience happened when I was in the military and I felt benefits from that. Uh, but I really took on this journey to do it kind of myself. Uh, I don't really know why, but I realized that through this process, I needed to go through everything the way that I did so I could get to where I'm at today. Uh, because now I, I, I've I've had the highs and lows, the ups and downs, the, the ins and outs, the darkness and the light. I've had all these different experiences. And through each different phase of my life, I realized that, damn, I didn't see it where I'm at today back then. But I also didn't see failure back then. I couldn't clearly see where I was going. I just knew that I was called for more and I had to keep on going. Um, and in the past, what really kept me small was I felt... I, I felt, who am I? I felt like an imposter. Like, who am I to do these things? Who am I to come on this phone, this little black box and be like, hey, you don't have to suffer today. Hey, I have an opinion. Hey, this is who I am. And to plant my flag, I just, I guess I was building the courage back then because I really didn't know that I already had it in me the whole entire time. The reason why it was hard and the reason why I was uncomfortable because it was defying my norm. It was getting me out of my comfort zone. I was shedding the weight and shedding the light of a past life and stepping into a completely new one. And it was very, it was intimidating. You know, a lot of people in my circle that I thought were my friends questioned me, doubted me, thought I was crazy, thought I was a hippie, thought I was all this weird shit because I rejected the gun. I rejected the old lifestyle that I was living because I knew if I went to that sit, I would have been dead. And I knew that I needed to do something completely different. And for whatever reason, it led me on this path. And, um, you know, all those, all those times, it's like, you know, I tell people, you know, when I was doing reconnaissance training, uh, part of our screening, you have to like get on this, like, you know, I forget how high the tower is, but you get off this high, super high tower and you have to like hands across your arms, look to the horizon and like step off and you like woo, fall down to the water and you're not supposed to like, you know, you can't panic. You just got to be calm and chill. And, I hated, I never was a fan of heights, but I knew I was always going to jump. I never was going to hesitate, but I never enjoyed it at all. I never like, oh, I can't wait to jump off that tower. Never once was that a sentence out of my mouth. And so I knew from experience that I'm going to go do what must be done, whether I like it or not, I'm going to go because I know to achieve the things that I want to in life, to impact the life and the lives that I want to, I'm going to have to do the things that are completely uncomfortable. So I really just use my on my entire life as a test bed to show people absolutely true authenticity and vulnerability. You know, this big special operations guy that 
I fucking cry. I have emotions. I was lost. I was hurt. I felt victim. I felt trapped. I felt lost. All these things. I didn't know who I was, what I wanted to be when I grow up. And at the age of 33, I decided to transform my life. I, I, I started out on my life at 33. That's when I retired. I was able to, I started fresh. I was this infant into this world and a lot of things were holding me back. And I realized along my journey, it was just me. It was just me that was holding me back. And uh, why was I holding myself back? I guess all those years, I was scared to do what I knew what I needed to do. And what I mean by that is, I knew that there was things in my life that I needed to correct, to, to go all in, to be my best self, to serve at my highest level. But I was scared. I, I, I wanted to pick and choose the work that I wanted to do uh, because I knew I was going to have to give up all these pleasurable things that I was seeking to find dopamine, to find escape, to find comfort in. And I didn't think that I could, I had the strength to actually do that. Um, because if I was to do that, what would my life look like? How hard would it be? How uncomfortable would it be to let go of these pleasure-seeking things that I was doing in life to step foot into the unknown, which the unknown is what has all the potential and all the possibility. The known, you already know what you're doing sucks. You already know what you're doing is only leading you to like an 80% lifestyle, which is what I was encountering my own self. And uh, honestly, you know, up until this last year, probably the last six months, I said, fuck it, and I'm worth it. And I shed that weight of that last 20% of myself, and I said, this is who I'm going to be. And I, I, I chose to seek discomfort in my life because I knew to serve truly at my highest level, where one, I'm impacting people. Two, I'm not feeling like an imposter doing it, because if I feel like an imposter, I'm only giving them like 80, 90% of what my true potential is. And that's that's fucking fake. That's me being false. That's me being half foot in, half foot out. And I'm not really serving anyone at that point. I'm sure not giving them everything that I can possibly give them. And that means I'm sure not giving myself everything that I know I can do. And I'm not giving my family everything I know that I can do. And when I shifted that perspective of just saying, fuck it, I'm all in. I can do this. And I just chose one of my like things at a time and just focus on overcoming those little hurdles until I'm just like, Oh, I can do it. And then I did the next one. Then I did the next one. And I just kept on this path in life, you know, from retiring back in 2018 to where I'm at today to keep on improving on those gaps in my own security that I've identified of like, damn, all this is really good over here, but this is my darkness. And I needed to channel my darkness into something more positive in my life. Um, and through the help of coaches, mentors, reading, and at the end of the day, just action, it helped me get to where I'm at today. And where I'm at today is, I mean, dude, I, I have zero imposter syndrome. I, I don't feel like anything I say is hokey pokey. I don't feel like anything I say or do is, you know, speaking from my second mouth. It's only coming from my heart. It's only coming from what I know I feel called on this earth to do. And because of that, I'm helping people transform their lives. And that is the most powerful thing that any of us can do. Just like what you guys are doing, right? You're speaking your truth. You're taking all your adversity, all your pain and all your hardships and applying it with wisdom, right? Wisdom is a choice. It's not a byproduct. It's a choice. You have to choose to accept wisdom by reflecting. And you apply that to your life. And what y'all are doing is you're impacting lives. You're putting yourself out there. You're, you're bearing yourself to the true, vulnerable, absolute self that you can possibly be. And because of that, you're giving people 
the opportunity to step into their own light, to step into their power. So they speak up about training. They speak up about the, the, the department. They speak about all these things. And this is what I'm doing in my life too. And, um, you know, action is a very powerful, powerful weapon that we all possess. Uh, but for whatever reason, even for myself back in the day, um, I was just so scared to do it. It's almost like you get comfortable with the lie that you're living. You get comfortable with the, the mediocre lifestyle that you're choosing because it's comfortable, man. It's okay to like, oh, well, maybe tomorrow I'll do it. It's We tell ourselves these lies and those lies are what's keeping us so tame. And when you're tame, you serve no one. You're not influent. You're not. You're not fucking making your family proud. You're not. You're not inspiring your children. You're definitely not respecting your wife when you're living a tame life. You're living so small and limited. And then I stopped thinking about me. I started asking like, who are the, all these people in my life that I made a commitment to that are relying on me? And what am I? What am I bringing out of them? I'm bringing out complacency with them. I'm bringing out acceptance of them. They're accepting me because I had all these issues. I'm like, fuck that, dude. My wife doesn't deserve accepting anything. She deserves the best because I asked her years ago, like, hey, will you fucking ride this bitch the, to death with me? She says, yes, I will. And for so many years, as of when I was playing victim inside, I, I disrespected all of that. I, I, I forgot the verbal contract, the soul contract that I was making with people that I said I loved. And I just thought about how selfish I was when I was avoiding the work that must be done. When I was voiding discomfort that I knew I was being called to seek out, but I was choosing fucking pleasure. I was choosing comfort that confides in my mind and my excuses to, to keep me tame. And guess what? You say enough verbal lies, you're going to start getting people around you to believe them. And my, my, my family was believing them. They started to accept that. And when, one day when I objectively stood back and looked at my life, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm literally destroying lives around me because I'm powerful. And I'm so powerful that my inaction in life was causing pain in others around me. And I'm like, fuck, dude, you get, it's time to stop being selfish. And that's why I continuously put myself out there. That's why I show up every day on this little phone. I'm like, bro, you can change your life if you want to. You don't have to be the same version of you yesterday, uh, today. You can you can absolutely change your life. And this is this is what I choose to do. I, I don't believe that there's a one-stop shop like, hey, I'm all cured. It's a daily investment. It's a daily deposit that we make into ourselves to bring out our best version so we can go serve at our highest level so we can be present in whatever we're doing because death is coming for us all. We don't know how or when or whatever scenario is going to be. And I don't want that time to come like, fuck, I wish I told my life, my wife, I loved her today. Damn. I wish I didn't storm out that house upset. Damn. I wish I would have did my burpees this morning because I feel like I cheated myself out of setting my vibration up to the level that I choose to exist on. By it's just bumming around through life, hoping that my life changes, hoping that I have a good day. Hope, hope is so stupid, but I have faith. I don't have hope. Hope is dumb. I have faith that if I show up and I put in the work, whether I want to or not, whether the day is good outside me or not, all I control is my thoughts and my actions. If I'm showing up, I have faith that if I show up and I put in the work and I control what I can control, that I will live a fulfilled life. And by doing so, I will empower others to do the same. That is my faith. That's my belief system on it. And dude, I've stepped into that role. Um, and it's it's been absolutely life-changing. It's it's transformed my life. It's transformed mm -hmm. everything about me. It's funny when you talk, I two weeks ago, I went and sat with a guy here in New Jersey, 
uh, one of two cops who was shot in the line of duty in Newark, New Jersey. And I, I went to see him and found out rather quickly that he uh, was a fan of our work and got in touch with him right away. Without, I didn't say a word to him without skipping a beat. He said, it's wild how I was laying there thinking about all the things I, I never did and that I should have done. He's like, I literally was laying there on the fucking ground thinking this is the end of my life and all the, and everything that I haven't done and all the things that I should have done. So it's very interesting that you bring that up and take it from a guy who thought he was going to die. We often interview a lot of police officers and even military men and women, especially special forces on this podcast. They say the same thing, man. But a lot of people are peaceful with it, but also that regret, even at such a young age, what you could have done, the time you're wasting. And you talk about fear held you back. It probably holds a lot of people back the fear of judgment, the fear of a lot of things. But would you agree with when I say fear will never leave? People say to me, how do you how do you come in here with the place burning down and are so calm? I have learned to dance with fear. I know it's never gonna, it's never gonna go anywhere. I have this saying, it's although I have fear, I am not afraid. I'm calm in fear. You have been through crazy combat situations, but do you think it's different than this? And what's the fear Cody Alfred has now? And how do you deal with it? You know, I, <laughs> you, you got to have fear, dude, because I still have fucking fears. Yeah, I don't. Fear doesn't go away. You know, I have it written on my board. It doesn't get easier. You just get more disciplined. And I very grateful that I've had the experience that I've had in the military, the good and the bad. But, you know, I take a lot of things just from my training experiences because a lot of people have, have done training and, you know, combat is just a very one small aspect of any form of evolution of self. Um, but I remember all these times in, in, in training that I just told you jumping off that tower, that was scary for me. I didn't want to do that. You know, I was not a good swimmer and every day I had to get in the fucking pool. It wasn't easy for me, but I just show up because I know, I know what's keeping me from what I want to become and achieve is my action. And that fear of like, fuck, am I going to make it? Can I do this? That's natural. It doesn't go away. I've, I've hired enough coaches and business mentors. I have millionaire, multi-millionaire friends. And guess what? They still have fears. They still have doubts. They still have worries and concerns. And that just shows me that it doesn't change what changes. What That doesn't go away. But what changes is how we approach it, how we deal with it. My very first speaking engagement, I wasn't even scared, dude. I was fucking confident because I, I realized if I can turn fucking fear or nervousness to excitement, because to me, it's the same feeling. It's just we just put a different word on it. And if I can turn it to, I'm excited to do this. I said I wanted to be a reconnaissance Marine, a, a Marine Raider. I want to do this. So now I, these are the things I have to do to go accomplish that. I wanted to be a public speaker. And these are the things that I have to do to accomplish that. Well, that makes me excited. I'm literally living out this fantasy that I've created that I've turned into a reality. So why would I ask for this shit, manifest it, and then be like, oh, God, I can't do it. No, bro, because that's the threshold. We must cross that threshold of the unknown to achieve the things that we say we want in this life. So when it scares me, I'm like, shit, that scares me. Snowboarding scares me because speed, I'm still handling how to deal with speed with like, you know, my cognitive issues and my traumatic brain injuries. I'm like, fuck, that looks scary. I got to go do that. I need to go do that because I'm telling myself, I don't, oh, that looks really hard. looks really uncomfortable, which means I need to go put myself in that situation. I need to go face these things. You know, 
face everything and rise. I've heard that, you know, fear acronym a long time ago. And then I've heard the false evidence appearing real. Both those things are true. But what really matters is what do you do when you're faced with that fear? What are you doing when you're faced with that adversity? And I choose not to be a victim to fear because the unknown, I have learned time and time again, the unknown is the path. The unknown is the gateway for everything you seek in this life. And if you live your life avoiding fear, avoiding the unknown, you will be fooled and riddled with regret. And to me, that that is just sad because it is in our own power and our own ability to face these things. We have it inside of us. Uh, So I just take that. I turn it to excitement and I say, fuck it. I'm all in. I'm doing it. You know, when I shared, I did that that show with Sean Ryan on the Sean Ryan podcast, you know, I poured my heart out there and it was, I was extremely nervous, but I said, fuck it. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than me. You know, I remember running through a volley of fucking fire through a very crappy, very weak smoke screen running to like a stronghold position where my other element was at. My butthole was super clenched. I was super, super scared thinking I'm just going to get mowed the fuck down. But I had to act because if I didn't act, I was for sure going to be killed. I was for sure going to probably get someone else killed because they were going to have to come get my dead ass. But if I don't take action, I'll never know. And nine times out of 10, when you take action, you show yourself, fuck, dude, I can do this. Because all you have to do is just go. All you have to do is jump. You know, you already know where you're at now. You might not know what's on the other end of that fear, but you know what's where you're currently standing at. And if where you're currently standing at isn't your desired end state, then your only logical option is to face fear head on. So when I have these opportunities that I'm getting in life now that are really scary, you know, writing this book is scary for me. Uh, but I'm like, fuck it, dude. This is bigger than me. I know I'm called to do this. So why should I avoid it? Why should I allow my human fucking pleasure chasing? emotional state keep me from my higher purpose in life because it ain't about me my body does not own me my mind doesn't own me these things are part of me they are not me as in its entirety and once i started to shift those things together and work with all of me my mind body and my spirit as one and be like bro we're teaming up dude let's go once i stopped listening to them individually and all the bullshit they were telling me I, I let go of this like physical, this physical selfish state and realize that, hey, man, there's leaders and there's followers. And I know it makes my butt clench to even remotely think about being a follower. It makes me just uh, just grind my teeth to be like to sit in the shadow. And I never could do that. And I never will do that because it's not who I am. So the only thing that I possibly can do is seek discomfort. Fear. Fear is the threshold. Fear is what I look out for. Fear is what I go after because that is what's separating me from where I'm at in my mediocre state to my above average, super fulfilled, super impactful state of being. Um, and I think that's true with everybody. So how do you how do you face fear? You just fucking go. You surrender your emotional state. You dig deep and you say, guess what? You asked for this. And when you ask for shit, guess what? Embrace it with open arms and go for it. Go full speed because one day when you're on that deathbed or you're on that fucking concrete floor, you're like shit, waiting for backup to come. You're like, fuck, 
I wish I would have did my training. I wish I would have did more today. I wish I would have set myself up for more success in life by facing fears. If you want to have that experience in your life, which I don't, then do nothing different with your life. But if you want to fucking know you did everything you possibly could, you let go of your humanly, bodily fear of, con- of failure, fear of concern, fear of doubt, fear of all these things. If you let go of those selfish, individual feelings and emotions, and you just said, fuck it, I'm all in, you have no idea what you can accomplish. And I've proven this to myself my entire military career, my entire civilian career. Right. Because this is a career for me, dude. This is work. You know, I got to put in the work. I can't just show up and be like, I'm a civilian and magical things are going to come to me. No, no, this is this is a path. This is this is this is the line of duty for myself. This is the path that I'm walking. This is the path that I choose. And the only way the only way I'm going to live that leave this life knowing that I gave it hell, gave it everything I had is by doing all the things that absolutely terrify me. And on the some degrees, it was all that a lot of that shit's just facing myself doing the work that I know I must do. We can all do work for everyone else. We can all go sacrifice ourselves for a cause, for the job, for our families, for our fucking kids. But can you do it for yourself? Can you truly do the work that you know that you that you need to do? That one thing that you know inside that you're avoiding, can you fucking do that? Can you face that fear? Because if you can, nothing can stop you. And then you'll have the power, that superhuman power to turn fear into excitement. Like, fuck, this is so scary. But guess what? You ask for this, believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing and go execute because to not execute is that is death. That is fear. That is failure. Fear is the North star, man. I got to tell you, I again, live with fear. It's a nonstop energy in the world. I just know how to dance with it now. And I want to quote Les Brown. If you've never fucked with Les Brown, Les, Les Brown's, he's the OG, you fucking who you are, how to get to you, what's your what's your capabilities and your talents and where why are you ignoring them? But my favorite lines from him is, jump and grow your wings on the way down. Everybody's just waiting, procrastinating. Is it my time? Your time was yesterday. And I'll tell a quick excerpt to jump in here too because I relate to it so much. Many years ago, before the pandemic, we did our first conference. I said, I'm going to do this fucking conference. And I was motivated because conferences in law enforcement they fucking suck, dude. And I'm like, I go to these fucking conferences. I pay this vig to go in and I want to come out different. I'm going here to try to become the person I seek to become. And on your flyer or whatever it may be, that's the promise. And then you go there, you're like, this shit fucking sucked. Like, I almost want a refund, but like, I'm not going to obviously ask for one. So I said, imagine going to a conference, a five day fucking game changer. So, you know, I was scared of that. And I came home and I, I remember going to Harris in Atlantic City. This is pre-pandemic. And I signed the contract and literally signed a contract for a hundred grand. Now, a hundred thousand dollars at that time. It's a lot of money for a guy like me. So I signed a fucking contract. I came home. I'll never forget taking my boots off. Actually, similar to the ones I'm wearing now. I was sitting in my living room, a very open floor space, first floor of my house, a big house. Wife's in the kitchen. And I uh, remember just like taking my shoes off and I went, sign the contract with Harris today. And she went, uh, oh yeah, I go, yeah, for the conference I want to do. No matter what, I owe about like 125 grand. And she goes, what do you mean you owe 125 grand? I go, I'm on the hook now for 125 grand. There's no fucking like, this is not like you can walk away. They're going to like, I owe them 125 grand. They have my credit card. They have fucking basically the title to the house if they want. And she said, what do you, what do you know about running a conference? 
And I went, what have I known about running anything or doing anything I've done in the past seven years? And she went, for the, uh, dude, she doesn't give me a lot of credit. She went, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I got to tell you, dude, there were moments I'm like, fuck, I'm like, I got pen. I'm like, fuck, right? Fuck. Like, do I? Then we went through the pandemic and bro was like fucking crazy. We had all these people registered. We couldn't refund the money. We had shit. Everything was melted. I'm like, fuck, what do we do? We came up with these, we, all these solutions. And finally in October, 2021, we made it to this place. And it was the most profound five days of my life. I have never experienced a high like that. I can't even begin to explain the amazing shit that has happened because of that conference. But what I experienced during that conference was a high like I never felt. And majority of people would have said, don't sign that. Forget it. We don't even have to do that. You're not going to make money on it. We didn't make money on it. People think, oh, yeah, we must have made a fortune on it. We don't we really don't. Like, it's not the game. That's not what we're doing it for. And even this year, you know, we're looking at the numbers in Nashville. We're like, I don't know. Are people going to come to net? You're just running this fucking risk. And dude, like yesterday, we're over 800 registered, right? We actually defined more room blocks. And then like, even that, uh, my VP is like, how many more rooms do you want to get? She's like, I was going to get 25 of these hotels. I'm like, 25? We got five months to go. You need fucking 100 rooms at each hotel. She's like, well, they don't have it. There's an army convention going. I go, fucking, we got to get more rooms. Like, let's go. And then I also said, maybe like two months ago, I was like, hey, maybe we'll skip 2024, go right to 25, do this thing every year, because every other year, because it's a lot of work. And, and you know, like we have a lot of stuff going on and da-da-da. And we're going into a recession. I don't know if police department's going to have the money. And dude, like one day I just had a profound moment. I'm like, what am I talking about? I walk into here and I go, we're doing a 2024 conference and this is where it's going to be. And she like looked at me. She's like, but you said, I'm like, I fucking know, dude. I know what I said, but we are doing a 24 conference. I'm fucking telling you, I don't want to hear anything else about it. It is what it is. We'll do it. We're fucking thrown on the fucking. And all right. Like I'm, I'm like, no, I'm not even going back on this. Don't even try to talk me out of it. We're fucking doing it. Right. Cause that was the harder thing to do. The easy one to do was well, we'll build up more of an audience. We'll get them. That No, the momentum's here. We're not ignoring it. I want to continue to give these men and women this experience. Um, and, and from a business side of things, it's fucking it's like, like, wait a second. My fear was making bad business decisions. Most people, Cody, would say, Magic, wait, why are you going to rush? I remember my, my wife's grandfather said to me when I bought my house, he came over. This is just why you got to watch. Bought a nice house. So we're in the backyard and I said, we're going to get a pool. We're going to do it here. I'm going to get concrete. I want to be kind of concrete that like you can have a fucking wedding on, right? Like I want it to be this big. And then we're going to do this in the basement. And I'm going to do that over here. We're going to do a fence. I'm going to have that over there. I'm going to do zip line over this way. And he says, well, well, hold on, hold on. In life, you just do one thing at a time. Pick one thing to do every year and maybe every two years. And I went, yeah, no fucking way, dude. That's how you think, right? Yeah. That's how you fucking think. And bro, like I have like, 7,500 square feet of concrete in my backyard. And like, people are like, you could have weddings back here. I'm like, that's what I wanted you to fucking say when you saw this shit. And of course I was scared. And I never forget like, dude, I are <laughs> putting the pool ends at a pool company. He's like, how big do you want the pool? I'm like, what's the biggest one you got? My neighbor comes over to the same property. He's like, we got pools at the same time. I'm like, Gene, what are you getting? He's like, I'm getting this one. I'm like, whatever, dude, I'm getting the biggest fucking pool I can get. Then the concrete guy comes over and he like lines out with the fucking spray paint, like on the fucking stick, right? And he's like, yeah, right there. I'm like, no, no, no. Give me the fucking stick, dude. I'll walk it out for you. And he's like, bro, what are you doing? I'm like, we got to go out like this far. He's like, what do you, he's like, you know what? It's like 10 trucks of concrete. I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> right. I don't want some. And dude, everybody always thinks you're fucking crazy. My name Gene. Oh my God. The things you're doing. I don't, you think it's a, my father's tall. Everybody's talking me out of it. And then when it's done, what is Gene saying? No bullshit. 
I should have went to a bigger pool. I should have did what you did, right? It's no different than anything else. You can't let fear dictate and cloud your fucking judgment on what you know is right. And sometimes you got to shut people out, right? They mean well. You can listen, but you can't let them penetrate the fucking brain. That skull, you've got to like, sometimes just, I get it. I know you care, but I can't hear you right now. I can't, I can't allow myself to hear you. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the Street Cop Podcast, do us a favor and go with, give us a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Tell a friend. We don't charge anything for the episodes. We appreciate your support. Check us out on any social platform by putting into the search bar, Street Cop Training. Give us a follow. We have a lot of free content coming out every single day that you might not catch here on the podcast, and it's important for you to be able to do your job more professionally, and we also entertain you as well. When you talk about these TBIs, dude, I know that you went on the other podcast, uh, Sean Ryan, right? And I'm not yep. trying to be a dick or anything like that. Like I, I, I know the guy is. I just certainly I've heard wonderful things. Jason Redman was on it. Jay's a real good friend of ours. Um, I'm really happy to know Jay. I'm honored to know you guys. All you fucking dudes are amazing. That podcast is profound. I mean, six hours he did it, right? Yeah. We haven't gone down that road here because I feel like you've already explained that story. If people want to hear Cody Alford, why repeat it? But the one thing that I don't know is what are some of those TBIs, what cost them? And can you just explain to our audience here, like what you're dealing with, with your TBIs, a traumatic brain injury, if people don't know, tell us about that a little bit. Let's at least explore that for a few minutes, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first major traumatic brain injury injury was I was 18 years old. I got shot in the helmet uh, on my very first deployment and it fucking put me out. Um, and Back in the day, this is 2004, there wasn't a lot of understanding of brain injuries or, you know, how to really deal with these types of things. So I, I got like a Motrin and a cigarette. Uh, I sat out for two weeks <laughs> and then I, uh, I was back into the fight, back into the mix. Uh, then throughout the rest of my career, I had, I was a breacher. I was an assaulter. Um, so I, I'm around, you know, explosions all the time, uh, whether that's in training or overseas rockets, bombs, you know, I, I learned this on my, on my way out of the military that every time you're around an explosion, that's a TBI. And some people think that you have to be shot in the helmet. You have to be in a car accident to have a traumatic brain injury, but all you need is exposure. You just need proximity. So I was basically stacking these things up for 15 years of my military career. And it got to the point where, you know, stress is a amplifier of everything. Stress can literally kill you. It can create cancer cells. You can die from stress. And when you have traumatic brain injuries where you already, in my personal case, I already had a chemical imbalance because my brain was not regulating uh, uh, hormones and endorphins and cortisol and all these types of things regularly. Uh, I would have uncontrollable adrenaline surges where I would just be chilling. And the next thing you know, I was so amped and then I would just crash. So, uh, you know, I stopped free falling. I stopped doing a lot of these things in the military because I saw myself as a liability. I saw myself as like, bro, I can't afford to be in the sky, have an adrenaline dump and then be lethargic and not do what I need to do, what I'm paid to do, what I'm trained to do. And <clears throat> that affected my mental capacity a lot. And I remember on my very last deployment to Iraq, this is uh, 2016. Uh, we were, we were for the last push did the, the Mosul invasion. And I spent 
that entire deployment on a, uh, this is my seventh deployment at this point. I spent that entire deployment in a, in a tactical operations center. So I'm, I'm watching like 70, you know, inch big screen, screen TVs. I'm watching our predator feeds. I'm watching our dudes on the ground. I'm watching all the things happen. And I'm just playing the phone call, email game. I'm texting my teams. I'm calling, trying to get ordinance. I'm doing all these things. I'm in a very heightened state of stress. These are 18 plus hour days. I saw no sun. Uh, and so when you have traumatic brain injury, and then you're putting yourself in a high state of stress, plus you're limiting yourself from natural sunlight, which is a huge, huge enabler for us to regulate our cortisol, regulate our sleep patterns, regulate all these things that help us function. When, when we take that away from us, that natural ability, and we're staring at blue screens 24-7, plus the added stress of whatever task or job you're doing, uh, you, start to, you start to suffer a lot. And my last TBI, and I never looked at it as a traumatic brain injury, but to help people understand how you can receive traumatic brain injuries, right? Uh, my wife actually brought this into perspective because I never gave myself credit because at the time I wasn't blown up. Well, I came from this 100 mile an hour job full of stress to our schoolhouse as a senior enlisted advisor, where it's like creeping at two miles an hour. It was a super lethargic, very low speed job, which I was not above, but going from a high state of stress, high speed to a very low drag environment, that shift in my chemical imbalance was everything that I needed to throw me over the edge. And that just enacted all the triggers of my traumatic brain injuries. Uh, my cognitive function was diminishing. I was um, constantly late to every meeting I was doing. I would get lost driving myself. I would be pulling over the side of the road crying. Uh, I would wake up in my truck, uh, not in a narcoleptic state, but I, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I have to go to sleep now. I would just pull over randomly on the side of the road, wake up like six hours later. Wow. Um Riding my motorcycle, I remember falling. I felt fell three times in one week. I was at the gas station filling up my bike, and I fell over on my motorcycle. I remember pulling up to my house, and I, I got off my motorcycle without putting my kickstand down or turning my bike off, and I just fell over on it. And then uh, a week before that, one of my good friends, he actually got hit by a vehicle on his motorcycle. My wife's like, hey, I need you to consider not riding anymore. And you know, all these things in my life were changing. I was a superhuman superhero. Now I'm this like, I'm drilling on myself. I'm getting lost in my own house. I couldn't even navigate with my phone GPS. I couldn't even boil water to create, to make rice. Uh, there was a point in time where my wife was sitting on my clothes and feeding me and dressing me because I was just so dependent. My body was shutting down. And I'm, I'm grateful for that too, because if I would have avoided all that and toughed through it, uh, God knows what would have happened. What, what kind of jeopardy I would have put others in, let alone myself, if I didn't seek out the help. And so that, that level of traumatic brain injury really transformed my life because that's what got me basically retired out of the military. I, I, I only went to our, we call it the, it's called intrepid spirit, but most of the guys and gals call it the TBI clinic, traumatic brain injury clinic. And I, I went there only for Adderall and to get my sleep fixed. I was constantly tired. I had no energy. I was drinking uh, I don't drink energy drinks anymore because they're just straight poison for you. Um, but I was drinking like three energy drinks a day, plus all this coffee, plus I was dipping. I was doing all these things to find energy and some type of like 
uh, action fuel in my life to, to function, to maintain, because I still had a lot of responsibilities I was responsible for. And so I went to get my sleep fixed, my Adderall, and then uh, I get all my tests back. And then my neurosurgeon's like, hey, what if I told you you couldn't be in the Marines anymore? And I was completely appalled by his comment because I'm like, dude, I'm doing 20 years. Like, why wouldn't I do 20 years? And I was hurting inside. And even though I was hurting and I was seeking help, I was still in denial that my life was changing. And when I realized that all this like great reputation that I had in the military, I was quickly kind of throwing it out the window. I was having uncontrollable uh, verbal uh, surges at work where, you know, I'd work with, we have a lot of civilians that work in my old organization that I used to be part of. And some of them are douchebags. And I was a douchebag at a certain time in my life too. And I would get super violent, verbally violent, and just have these surges that I was talking about. And then, you know, this, this guy, you know, who people looked up to now is that guy walking around my compound, just swearing up and down, being a real jerk and fucking then crying five minutes later, <laughs> wondering why I even did that in the first place. And I was this roller coaster and being super senior as I was, it was super uncomfortable to go up to my boss and be like, bro, I need no responsibility in life. I, I cannot have any stress in my life. Uh, and so asking for that level of help was super, super hard and very uncomfortable. It was a lot of fear shit too. You know, I was scared to go do those things because, you know, you get told, especially from the community that I come from, suffer in silence, suck it up. And the Marine Corps has this great thing where they say pain is weakness leaving the body. Well, pain, pain is not weakness leaving the body. Discomfort is weakness leaving the body. Pain is a good indicator that you should get something checked up. And to, to be this super senior guy with all this combat experience, with all this leadership experience and asking for help, it, it was it was very difficult. It was very hard. It was very, very uncomfortable because people just didn't understand it. And that's when I realized back in the day that no one cares about you as much as you do. And you got to fight for your life. You got to fight for the things that you say you want in this life. And I wanted to live. I wanted to be cured. I wanted to be healthy. And I wanted to change my life. And so to do that, I needed to accept the fact that I wasn't the same guy I was weeks prior, months prior, years prior. And that where I was at right now was my next chapter in life. And uh, I retired from the Marine Corps in 2018. And, uh, you know, that's when I set on this journey where I'm at now and improving my way of life and doing healthier practices and dealing with traumatic brain injury. And I've been able to really work with my traumatic brain injuries and help with my cognitive performance. A lot of it de-stressing my life. As soon as I let go, got out of the military, my stress levels went down. They tried to give me all this medication for blood pressure and all this type of shit. And it was causing me more stress. And I'd said no to all these pills, no to all these medications, because all I'm doing is adding a chemical imbalance to a chemical imbalance that I'm already enduring inside. So I needed to change it completely. Uh, I changed everything that I ate. I changed everything that I drank. Uh, I started to get into purified water, you know, all this shit that I made fun of. And I called hippy dippy, you know, loser tree hugger stuff. I realized that that was just my, my ego keeping me tame. That was my ego keeping me slave to my present state. And my present state wasn't serving me anymore. And I knew I needed to radically change my life. So I got into all these holistic practices. I got into meditation. I got into stretching. I started to seek help. 
from all the body pains because having traumatic brain injuries, it fucked with all sorts of issues in my body. So I needed to go correct it. So I go to a chiropractor, I do massage, I do all these practices that were kind of taboo to me. Um, you know, and then as a civilian, I started seeking out plant medicine, uh, psilocybin, um, to really help with the neuro, uh, regeneration of my brain and how I function and operate. So basically I went from a guy who I could not navigate with my GPS on my phone. I couldn't do it whatsoever to now being able to function. My wife helps me a lot too. My wife is my caregiver. She maintains my schedule. She, she helps me keep honest. She turns, she turns the water off. She shuts the door because I'm still capable of doing things. But I've I've brought in so many more healthier practices, and I have chosen not to let these limitations on my life keep me slave and keep me tame to an old way of being. And for the past four and a half, almost five years now, I've just been putting myself in a state of discomfort to heal myself, to, to heal my brain, to address issues in my body, to address issues in my soul or lack thereof at the moment, and to... Find that version of me that isn't identified by the hardships in my life, but I will be identified by the actions that I take moving forward. So it's been a long, hard road, and I wouldn't have changed it any other way. I look at it as nothing more than a miracle that all that happened to me because it has forged me into something greater than I ever was when I was at the top of my game in the military as a leader, as a servant to others. Now, I'm serving at a level that's even higher than that stuff. My impact's even higher than it was back then. And, you know, that's why I try to share with people, like, it doesn't matter what hardships you're going through right now. You can work on that shit. You can change it. But what happens is people like to choose to accept the norm, to accept what's happening in their life and keep that li- keep them limited. They're not willing to go vegan for a bit. They're not willing to give up meat for a bit. You know, one big thing about meat, I stopped eating meat because I was buying food from like the basic grocery store that everyone would go to. Well, not all meat is the same. It's packed with chemicals. Well, when you have a chemical imbalance and it's affecting the way you operate, what do you think is happening when you're injecting more bullshit inside you? And I gave up all these things that people would make fun of me about and like talk shit about. But my health, my wellness, my future was way more important than anyone's judgment they were casting on to me. And look at me, look at me now. I'm, I'm thriving. I'm living my literal best life. I'm able to overcome all these things and I'm still investing myself. I have, I have my uh my snake oils going right now that I use. You know, it's funny that people like my um my doTERRA here, people say it's all that snake oil. Like, bro, you understand that herbs, plants were like medicine for centuries before pressed pharmaceutical things were ever made. I, I've switched everything in my life and I'm living proof that you can do it too. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm very grateful for the hardships and these traumatic brain injuries. Cause I know there's a lot of men and women out there that are suffering that they can't see the finish line. They can't see that, that glimmer of hope in their life. And I'm just here to remind you that dude, it's out there, but you got to believe that you can do it. You got to put in the work. You got to, you got to seek discomfort because you're already suffering. But if you suffer with a purpose, if you suffer with intention to grow and to evolve, that changes every aspect of your mindset. And it took me years to truly feel that and to believe that and to step into that. But you have to start off somewhere. So wherever you're at in your life, if you're suffering with traumatic brain injury or some type of ailment or element in your life, you don't have to stay there. People transform their lives every single day. And and you're no different. I'm no different. And so, you know, 
those TBIs have changed my life. And most importantly, they've, they've helped change thousands of other lives because I went through that stuff. And I'm very grateful. When did you have that profound moment in your life when you knew you were different? Was it young? Did it speak to you to get louder as you got older? And, you know, if there was a time where maybe you first opened your mouth, when was that? Did you always know you're different? Yeah, I did. You know, it's funny. I actually, I remember being a kid. I don't remember what age, but I was very young. And I remember standing outside my house. I grew up in a place called Duncanville, Texas, just south of Dallas. And I remember, I, I remember this and I don't know why I remember it. I don't even know why I said it, but for whatever reason, I remember it all. I literally asked for a simple life. I asked to live. I asked, I remember asking God, universe, whatever it was back then, whatever I believed in back then. I remember asking like, for no war, world free, a simple life and to die at an old age living on my, you know, to die on my deathbed. I, I wanted a simple life. I wanted a comfortable life. I remember very vividly speaking and thinking that. And I don't know why, because all I've got out of life is everything opposite of that. And I realized that I was different when I always kind of realized I was different, but I realized that I was different when I started playing football in high school. I sucked. I was not good at all. Um, I was horrible. I didn't even know how to, I still don't even know how to play football. I was that guy, even on my senior year on varsity, that's the only time I made varsity was my senior year. I remember asking the other defensive men, I'm like, Hey, who do I hit for this play? Because I just loved it. The camaraderie of it all. I was never, I'm still not into sports to this day, but I love the team, the teamwork aspect of it. And I remember, I remember always playing scout defense for, for varsity guys, our, our, um, our first string guys. And I remember you could not break me. You couldn't crush me. Yeah. They'd hit me hard as shit, but I was always breaking through the lines and I wasn't, some people thought I was showboating, but I wanted us to win. And I wasn't going to hold back because that was our star player. I wanted to challenge our star player for them to be their best selves so they don't get fucking beat on the line on game day so we can win because it's the whole team aspect. And I remember I remember getting it's called a Fighting Panther Award. We were the Duncanville Panthers, a big 5A football uh, high school. You know, Texas football is massive. And weighing in at 161 pounds was Cody Alford. And I remember getting the Fighting Panther Award. Because uh, I had this level of heart and dedication to the team that was bigger than myself. And, you know, going to the military, I, I carry that same level on. And I very vividly remember in boot camp, they literally asked, who wants to be a leader? And here we are with all of our shaved heads, skinny as fuck, all these newbies, including myself. And I raised my hand. I wanted to do this. I didn't want to be an observer in life. It's the sheer fact of being an observer in life irks my soul. It it literally hurts me to even think about it. I've been in leadership positions my entire career. I even remember going to one of our battalions in MARSOC, Marine Special Operations Command. And I very vividly remember saying that I could not be here if I wasn't a leader. Because there were so many poor leaders in that environment at that time that there was no way I could be subjected to their ruling. Because I saw how they treated people. And I realized that we actually have a way as leaders to impact and influence those around us, to look out for other people. I tell people, the pay for your rank, the pay is for you. But the rank is for your men and women. 
And a lot of people that growing up in life, they, they, they got that screwed up. They thought the rank was for them. Like it was a badge of honor. No, it's not. The rank is for your men and women. The pay is for you. And I took that to heart my entire career because I knew it was bigger than me. I knew that everything that I did not like as a subordinate from poor leadership, I took note. And I always told myself, when I'm put in that position, when I have that level of power and influence, I'm not going to do what these people are doing. And even when I was waiting my turn to step into these leadership roles, I was still a leader. You don't, I tell people this too. You don't have to be in a leadership position to be a leader. You just need to open your mouth. You just need to lead by example. So I knew at a very young age that I was different. I knew in the military I was different. I mean, I was the fastest promoted Marine Master Sergeant in the history of the Marine Corps, the modern day Marine Corps. Um, people would come up with all sorts of shit. They're like, oh, uh, it's because you're a brown nose. Oh, it's because you're a meritorious promotion. They would come up with reasons to justify how I could get promoted so fast. And the truth is, I was only one meritorious promotion my entire career. That was out of boot camp. I graduated as a Lance Corporal. So with E3 out of boot camp, which because I was the number one graduate. And other than that, everything else, I did time and service, time and grade to pick up my ranks. And I was literally a unicorn. And I realized that I had a very, very good gift of gab. I was a great leader. I was a great leader because I made a lot of mistakes. And I observed a lot from great leaders and mentors in my life, including bad ones. And I took those lessons and I applied them. I realized in the military, especially the special operations community, this is where people get it screwed up. They think it's like the tip of the spear. And yes, those dudes and chicks are savages, straight up savages, but savage does not equate to a leader. And a lot of these dudes were just taught. They, they, they had, they were idolized because of their action on the battlefield, but they sucked at home. They, they weren't taking care of their men and women. They weren't, they weren't using their rank to look out for others. They were using their rank to preserve their own presence. And I realized that like, dude, that, why are you doing that, bro? I'm not like you. And not being like any of those people being completely different. I stood out and by standing out, I made that much more impact impact that I didn't even know I was making. There was a lot of stories um, about me in the military. My wife, uh, when I met my wife, she was working at a bar downtown uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina. And all these stories like, hey, uh, I know Cody. Uh, we're like homies. Uh, can I get into this bar? And she's like, I don't even know who you are. And we're like dating. Uh, a lot of these like these crazy stories. Oh, did you hear Cody killed this dragon this one time? And just crazy stuff. And I realized that like, damn, dude, like, when you shine your light, when you actually serve and you put yourself out there, you make a crazy ass impact. And with that comes a lot of responsibility. Uh, and I've taken that level of responsibility as a civilian now because I realize that there's a lot of people that still get impacted. A lot of people love my old military lifestyle, and that's great. And I like to showcase some of my military stuff with with perspectives that people can apply to their day-to-day -day life. Like even today, I posted about a... Uh, I posted a picture of an old corpsman of mine uh, and I talking about like, you know, do the things that you say you want to do in this life because you're, you're going to die just like the people that are going to tell you to limit yourself. So why are you avoiding to go all in? And I know that I have this ability to speak. I know I have ability to tell a story, to bring people in, to, to experience it with me because that's how we get connected. That's how we feel empowered. Uh, I don't speak empty words. Everything that I share comes from a place of vulnerability and authenticity. Yeah, I used to be a turd. Yes, I used to be a fucking fraud of my own true power because I was limiting myself because it's in fear. And guess what? I share that stuff.
I share why I felt that way. And I share the things that I've done to overcome those things because I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude that chooses not to be average because average is mediocre. Mediocre ends with regret. And my biggest fear in life, my biggest fucking fear in life is meeting the version that I could have been when I died. Meeting the version I could have been when I fucking die is my biggest fear in life. And I don't want to look at what I could have fucking been and realize that, damn, I actually could have went all in if I just let go. If I just didn't give a fuck about what other people thought about me, what they thought about my belief system, what they thought about the fucking the, the herbs that I use, right, to heal myself and to better my life. If I didn't care about what they thought, who could I have been if I just went all in? And uh, that's not lip service to me. You know, to, to prove this, man, I just got back from a healing session. I went to, I just got back from Mexico uh, last week, actually. I, I went there to uh, to seek out uh, more plant medicine treatment. I did this thing called Ibogaine and 5-MeO-DMT. And uh, I've been doing plant medicines for the greater part of five years now. It has helped me grow spiritually, physically, and emotionally, mentally, my clarity, my, my neural pathways in my brain are literally firing on more cylinders because of the things that I've done. I've only used plant medicine in a capacity to find healing and growth and to overcome the boundaries that not only I have set for myself, but my environment, my conditions have set for me. And I've, and I've defied all those things. And this last journey, I seeked it out. My body has had nothing but stress and pain for decades now. I've been this tight, wound up rubber band ever since I got out of the military. And I'm just like, why? No, no stretching, no massages is really letting it loose, letting it go. And on top of that, I've realized that I haven't been able to fully go all in because I've been disassociated from past trauma in my life. You know, trauma that I said was not a big deal. I never once complained about war or all the death and carnage and destruction. I never, never once said it bothered me. But I also truly reflected back in my life. I never processed it all too. And a mentor of mine, his name is Bedros. He's, he said, I watched your show on uh i watched your show on the sean ryan show and i asked myself what happened in your childhood for you to disassociate yourself from all that trauma that you that you went through all that hell that you endured in, in war and i thought about that i'm like damn i never really processed it all and no matter how hard i wanted to i could never tap into that so i i went with this uh, nonprofit called vets and uh basically they they send special operations veterans down to mexico to do this plant medicine and I was able to literally process decades of unresolved trauma in my life and just able to let it finally go. And when it fucking, when it left my body, I knew that every ounce of fear that I faced to get to where I'm at at that point in life, to surrender to myself, to, to let go of all those things that longer serve me. It was all building me and forging me and who I am today. When I left Mexico, I left more invigorated, more determined, more focused to literally max this fucking life out because I know that I'm truly limitless. I know I'm different. I'm not beating around the bush anymore. I know I have a gift. I know I'm blessed 
with a fucking calling inside. And I know I have the ability to help others not only identify their fucking calling, but embrace their power that they possess inside so they can go live their best life and invest in themselves that impacts the loved ones and their circle of people they interact with. And I'm not hiding that anymore. And I was so scared to say, hey, I'm fucking different, but I'm not scared anymore. I'm not, I'm not scared of who I am. I'm not scared that I, I've healed myself. I'm not scared that I, I had trauma. I'm not scared that I fucking have pain, that I have feelings. I embrace those things because they make me who I am. And the more I deny that calling, the more I deny those things, the more I suppress myself. That's what we were talking about earlier about what I felt was holding me back. These old stories of my life, these unprocessed things that I was never able to truly pinpoint was keeping me peasant, keeping me slave to who I was, not who I am and who I'm capable of becoming. And by putting myself in these states, these opportunities and these experiences to work on myself, to do the things that I know I must do to truly free my mind to fucking unshackle the chains that bind me to yesterday's standard, there's no limit to the impact that I'm going to have in this life. And I know, I know the things that I say and the things that I do uh, impacts lives. I run a, I run an online coaching group called Defy Tribe. It's a weekly coaching group that I run in. I, I created a whole community of this aspect. And these people are savages, dude. They're literally changing their lives. And I realized that, fuck, dude. What? Why didn't I start this sooner? But that's okay. Because what I bring to their table now, what I bring to them is next level life changing. And not only that, they're they're changing their families' lives by them changing themselves. We all want to change the world. We all want to make more money. We all want to have better relationships. What we're not, what we're avoiding to do is the work that we must do inside to rise to our fullest potential. And, and that's what I've been facing head on for five years without a blueprint, without a guarantee, without a fucking, you know, this is, this is a fact, Cody. If you do all this work, you're going to, it's going to work out for you. I had none of those guarantees in life. I just knew that if I stopped, if I surrendered to my past traumas, my traumatic brain injuries, the, the amount of times I fell off my fucking motorcycle, the amount of times I cried in my truck, the amount of times I felt victim to myself when I lived in a van with my wife traveling around, not knowing who I was, what I wanted to do in life. If I fucking stayed in those old stories, I would never merge who I am today. And who I am today, I'm fucking powerful. I'm unlimited, dude. I'm fucking unlimited. And we all are, if we just embrace our true power inside and man, I can't tell you how amped I am to even just be here with this opportunity. Because when I, when you told your story about your pool, when you told the story about signing that contract for your event, that's what it's required. There are no guarantees. You believe in yourself. You know you're different. That's why you're leading the way. And these are the people that I'm surrounding myself with. These are the only people that I surround myself with. Because all these other trolls in life, all these other bloodsucker vampires, dude, they just want to drain you. They want to keep you small. They want to keep you suppressed. They want you to limit yourself and only do one improvement on your house a year because that's what they fucking did. Well, guess what? This is your life. How do you want to live it? What are you feeling called inside to do that you're avoiding to do? What are you feeling called to do? Go do that. Answer the call because the more you deny the call inside, the more you're going to suffer. And the thing is about life, the beautiful thing about life, you're going to suffer no matter what. Might as well suffer with intention than suffer purposeless. 
Suffer with intention for a greater calling than yourself and see how your life transforms and those around you transform. But suffer with a purposeless direction and you will end up with regret. You will end up meeting your true highest form of self, all the impact you could have had, all the happiness you could have had, all the healing you could have had. You're going to meet that version of you and be like, fuck, I wish I would have just let go of my fears. I wish I just would have accepted the fact that fear is going to be a part of my life, just like breathing every day. And it is required to face this, to rise. And uh, that's what I'm here to do, man. And this is, this is my calling, brother. This is it. Why do you think you were chosen? That's a really good question. I think we are all chosen. I think it's only, this is, this is my take of consciousness, God, universe. God doesn't give a fuck if you answer the call or not. Consciousness doesn't care if you answer the call. It's putting those messages out there. And it's up to us to defeat our own demons to accept that responsibility. And I, I'm a leader, man. I, I, I choose to be a leader because I know, I know the power of a solid leader. I know the power of someone standing up in the face of adversity. And I choose to carry that torch. And it's hard. And it is absolutely, absolutely terrifying. It's fucking scary. But I couldn't, I couldn't imagine any other way. I could not imagine living any other way. So why do I feel it's on me? Why do I feel I am? Because whatever is calling me to rise knows I have it inside me. And the true gift of life to me is you recognizing that you possess that power. Because a lot of people talk, a lot of people have this blank faith. They, they, they believe in something higher than themselves, but they don't even fucking believe in themselves. And to me, that's, that's blasphemy. That's, that is the true lie and deception of man is to believe everything outside of you, but believe nothing in you. And I just can't conform to that. It doesn't even, it's a, it's a, it's a meal I don't want to eat. I can't, it doesn't even make sense to me. And I know I know if I just surrender what Cody Alford wants to do and I listen to that voice inside me that says, take your dogs out, go write that book, go say hi to that lady over there, go donate that money, go do this. If I fucking listen to that, well, guess what? I've been listening to it. And not only is it a changing my life, it's giving people that power to change themselves. And to me, that is the most selfless thing that I could fucking do. I've hurt a lot of people in my life, man. I've done a lot of wrong in my life. And I'm here to serve. I'm here to give. I'm here to, to heal myself and gift that fucking version to the world. Because there's someone out there that's just as powerful as me, that's just waiting to emerge. And the thing is, they just haven't given themselves permission yet because they're scared. And if I can lead the way and that person, my ripple can fucking impact that person. Well, that person might be everything they need to make a wave that changes everything. And I, and I refuse to sit on the sideline of my own life. I refuse to. Um, so hopefully that answered your question. I don't know if there's a better answer ever. Like you couldn't have answered that any better. I just don't. 
you leave me speechless, dude. And um, it's because I have such profound respect. I think I would have answered it the same way. You know, I think that I, tr- I, I, I don't know, dude, it's fucking like, again, I said you'd left me speechless. I'm here kind of speechless because what you're saying speaks to me as well, right? Like, I get it. I would have answered it the same exact way. That's how, when you said to me, that was a good question, because I've had to ask myself that question a few times and figure out why I am the person who is doing this, whether it's good or bad, because, you know, and I don't complain about it. I just want people to, I pull back the curtain and say, hey, like, I know you think this looks cool, but it's also really fucked up. And the reason I'm able to do this, because I think the good Lord understands that I can handle it. That's it. And and it's, it's dude, it's fucked up. I, and, but, but it's okay. It's like, I, let's, I just want you to know why I'm doing it. And maybe, maybe that's why, maybe, maybe this is why, because he knows that like, and it all goes back to like, why did all these things happen in my life? Why did I have this childhood? Why was I put in this insanity? Why is this experience happening to me? Um, and I don't say that in the sense of, oh, why is this happening to me? It is, why is this happening to me? It's a very different perspective than having a victim mentality. Um, I always try to think and listen to my own advice of like, hey, there's a blessing here, motherfucker. Right? You just got to figure it the fuck out. You know what's crazy, dude? And I'll share this because you know at some point, there's going to be some major reveals about my life, and it'll be, it'll be soon. Um, and I'm not trying to make a cliffhanger so people can fucking tune in yeah. next week. <laughs> Right, that's not the fucking point. I'm not Batman in 1973, right? What happens next week with the Joker? Uh, the point is, is what I've learned through my latest experience, some of the most difficult times of my life, is I had to go through that to help others. And even as recent in the past few episodes, there have been some profound moments where I've said to people who are people that you and I know. I mean, people who have a lot of attention on social media and people are familiar with guys on TV shows and all this other shit. And I'm like, hey. I think you need to go get that shit fixed. And here's why I think that, because you don't even know the shit that you're doing. Cause I didn't know the shit that I was doing and um, you're fucked up and I can see it. And bro, I get these messages and calls later. Like you fucking changed my life, dude. So my suffering had to occur. And I think God said, I needed to put you through it. So you could have enough compassion and empathy to help others because you were the guy that said you were going to do this. To say it up to myself a lot of time. Bro, I hated fucking flying, Cody. I fucking hated it, right? And I'm like, Lord, why do I have to be on this fucking plane to go train these cops, right? And I'm like, that's why I have to be on this fucking plane to go train these fucking cops, right? Like, and that's where the moment, and I'm like, fuck it, I'll keep going. Like, I'll just sit there and I'll fucking die and I'm like, ass will sweat the whole fucking time. And you know what's crazy, dude? Um, Pushing through all that fear, I'm like dying to get my pilot's license. Like dying, right? So. You know, you just do these things and things happen um, as fucking crazy as my life is. And I said this to my friend this morning. He's got a cancer diagnosis and he's been fighting for a while. And I literally at 6 a.m. in the morning, yesterday was his birthday. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I forgot your fucking birthday. Now, he's not a guy I grew up with. He's a guy I met through law enforcement and somebody that I, I, I appreciate as a human being. And just sometimes these people stick out in my life through all the training that we do. And uh, for for whatever reason. and. You know, he said, how are you doing? And I said, you know, something along the lines of like, 
on the surface, it looks like all the time, Dennis Benito's got it figured out, right? Like, we've got all the attention, the expansion, the the growth. Friends like you, bro. I love fucking bragging that I know motherfucker. I'm like, yeah, I fucking know that motherfucker. That, that dude's my fucking friend, bro. Like, I know what I said to him. Like, my shit's fucked up too, right? But it's how I see it is what makes me different than everybody else. And I said, and it's fucked up for me to say to a guy with a fucking cancer diagnosis. It's not a good one, right? But I'm saying it to you for a reason. And the reason is, your shit's fucked up, but how do you see it? And I know it's having that kind of diagnosis is fucked up to even think that you could see it any differently than how fucked up it is. But how do you see it? Maybe seeing it a little differently might help you with it. That's how I, that's how I see it. Big thinkers, dude. You know, just this shit goes on my, through my brains all fucking day long, you know, all fucking day. But you're the fucking man. Never disappoints sitting here fucking. I like what, dude, all I want to do is clap the whole time. I get me fucking rocked up. And man, I hope, I hope we have a lifetime of friendship, dude. I hope it never gets disrupted. <clears throat> and I want you to know that like, I'm your fucking friend because I'm your fucking friend. And, and anything you need from me, I will be there for you. So yeah, dude, I, I just want you to know that like, I appreciate you so much, dude. And you coming on this podcast and taking the time. And for me, I feel like I'm small potatoes. I really do. I've, I have Kenny. Who's reached out to you, our guy, the Red Ninja? He's like, he had to fly out today. He's like, I fucking wanted to meet him so bad, dude. I fucking, we talked about you last night. We went to Top Golf for one of the girls' birthdays here. And uh, he's, a, he's one of the best human beings in the world. And he said this morning, we we're working out in my gym, my basement. And he said, dude, I, one of those things that I just wish people knew about me because people get very intimidated because he's so profound in our profession. He's one of the most significant players in the interdiction game where he's knocking down these crazy loads and cartel members. And he said, I'm just a regular fucking dude. Just a regular fucking guy. I want people, I just want people to know that about me. So they stop fucking thinking like that I'm somebody special when they meet me and they're intimidated and all. He goes, I'm just a regular fucking regular dude. And um, I think we all just regular dudes and 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 are answering the call of what we're supposed to be doing. So I just want you to know that's how I feel about you. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you, dude. And likewise, dude, anything I can do to support you and your mission is great. I told you uh, the the sheriffs that I was able to work with out here a few months ago, when they're mentioning you and mentioning the podcast, mentioning the show and the impact that it has, it's you're doing the work, man. And that cannot go unnoticed. And I'm so glad that you are doing things that absolutely terrify you because because of that, because of that price that you're paying, you're crossing that threshold into impact. And uh that's what it's all about. You know, 23 for myself is, you know, my, my whole goal for 23 is to get in front of as many people as I possibly can, uh, hosting my own events, being part of other events and speaking engagements, because dude, you know, the phone is great. Internet's great. A lot of impact can be made there, but man, I know what proximity can do. I know the power of proximity and this is where we transform lives. I just love it, dude. Like I fucking love it. Yeah. So I appreciate you, man. I am dude. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Thanks for having me on again. Man. I really appreciate you. Bro, uh, anything you want from us, bro. Just tell me like any, you're just coming up with a thought and idea, anything you want from, from anything we can do, just fucking hit me up or you're like, I'm nobody. Right. So just hit me up and be like, yo, can you fucking help me do this real quick? Yeah, for sure. Dude. Like you got a fucking anything coming out. You want to promote shit. We'll get it on our IG stories. You could always fucking whatever you need from me. I promise you, I got you, dude. Likewise. I got you. We rise yeah, together. I learned that a long time ago. We rise together. So I'm all for it. Dude, I'll see you, man. I'll fucking let you go, man. I just happy holidays, bro. I'll text you a bit. Same to you and your family. 
Guys, if you're in an area where you're trying to get to our classes, but we're not close to you, fret not. We actually have on-demand training at streetcop.com. You can take that course online right now, and then you could attend that training in the future at no additional cost. You can redeem your voucher. So you get two for the price of one. We don't want to deny you the ability to take this training now, especially knowing that it can keep you safe at a very minimum, putting bad guys in jail where they belong, and at the maximum, going home to your family. Check out streetcop.com for that offer.